Almighty God, and make us rejoice with devout thanksgiving for the ascension of Christ your Son is our exaltation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate Ascension, the day the church remembers when the resurrected Jesus no longer appeared to the disciples in bodily form. Interestingly enough, there's very little written that interprets the Ascension, and the story is only directly told in two accounts by the same author, and we heard both of them here today. The church designates today a major feast, but for some reason, year after year, it casually passes us by. Maybe it's because it's confusing. We don't know quite what to do about it. Maybe it's too churchy, and it seems like too foreign of a concept, not based in how we observe the world, so we discount it or diminish it, or we simply throw it out together. We are somehow plagued with ascension deficit disorder. (laughs) If we are a church that values scripture, tradition, and reason, why would we throw out a major feast of Christianity simply because we haven't done the imaginative work to connect with it? We need to explore it with our imagination or our creativity or maybe some right-brain thinking instead of pure left-brain rationality. We're exploring mystery here. And the realm of God is a whole lot more expansive than what our logic can dictate to us. But we also need to remind ourselves that this is Mother's Day where we celebrate those who have given us life. Whether we've known our mothers, had good relationships with our mothers, or find ourselves somehow mournful because of a disconnection or estrangement or a loss of our mothers. Mother's Day commemorates those who have given us life. And I, for one, am glad to be here today on this earth, and I hope you are too. So happy Mother's Day. Let me go back to the stories we hear about the ascension. Jesus gathers his disciples at the very end of Luke's gospel. He gathers them all together, and after teaching them, he takes them outside of the city walls. They go outside of the city walls, and he goes towards Bethany up the hill. He blesses them, and while he is blessing them, he's removed from their sight. The whole flavor of this is kind of lost in our Bible's version because in the original language, it's purposely written implying that Jesus starts blessing them and continues blessing them, and the blessing doesn't actually ever conclude, but rather the disciples simply no longer see him. And because the blessing is continuous, because it spreads, because it transforms them, it transforms them so much that they rush back to Jerusalem, back inside the city, back to the temple, and they're seen having this great joy, continuously blessing God. This love and support and encouragement of Jesus has been then given to them. And even though they can no longer see him face to face, his blessing continues. Now, blessing others is an an ancient practice. It's an ancient practice, but we don't 
actually entirely think about it. Do we actually ever bless anyone at all? We use instead in our modern world the verb to bless in ways that sometimes brings out passive-aggressive behavior, as in the classic southern saying, which is always a zinger, oh, bless your heart, when your real intent is to criticize. How do we actually bless? All through the Bible, we see people seeking blessing of one another, but we rarely understand the nature of blessing. You see, blessing... Blessing others gives part of our power to them. Blessing others gives part of our power to the other person who you're blessing. When couples take vows at weddings, they're essentially blessing each other by promising that their lives will be connected from this day forward. In the ancient world, there was a lot of issues or there were a lot of times that blessing would come up with inheritance practices. Inheritance practices would have someone blessing an heir because as you did that, you would bless them with the power of the family name, the power of the family wealth, the power of the family standing in the community. It was being passed from one to another. And if you think about it now, you don't have to look very far on TV. This ancient kind of blessing is relatable always to kind of dynamics that you see in TV shows like The Sopranos. (laughs) Blessing has power. Blessing transfers power. But do we bless? Have we been blessed? Well, today's answer to that is absolutely yes. And so this Mother's Day, we can all acknowledge that we have received a great blessing, the blessing of being alive. The power that our mother's body transferred to us, whether we ever knew our birth mother or not, the power of us being delivered into this world to be fully alive is the reason why many celebrate Mother's Day. But we do more. We also acknowledge the people in our lives who have been mother figures for us in supporting us, in seeking our greatest good, in challenging us to be our best every day. Even if we can no longer see our mothers face to face, we know that we can still experience our mothers in our memories, in our prayers, and we can keep their abundant care for us in our hearts Whether the person we call mother is biological or not is not the point. The heart of Mother's Day is remembering how much we have been blessed into life by others. And like the blessings received from Jesus, the blessings never end because we carry our DNA. We carry the act of living forward every single day of our lives. But there's more to this day that makes it special. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, talks about why the ascension is so important. The ascension takes the person of Jesus and places him, in Paul's words in the letter to the Ephesians, high in the heavens, that is, on equal footing with God, the creator. And because of this, all human beings will always have direct relational access to the peace and love of God. Paul's take is that the ascension means that the love that God pours out for us in Jesus 
never ends. And it's available to us everywhere in all times and in all places so that our daily walk of our daily routine in life is never removed from the blessing and grace from the constant invitation to walk in love alongside God. Even though we might not see Jesus, his love for us is everywhere. And we can choose to live, we can choose to live our lives cultivating his love in our community, in ourselves, and in our world. Jesus remains, in Paul's words, high in the heavens. But you might think of this in a spatially different way. And I would say that Jesus remains with us in our hearts. So that because he was ascended, he is now everywhere. And through the nature of what we believe in baptism, what happens in baptism, Jesus is very much alive and very much present and very much available in us. And his blessing of us never ends. Through the ascension, the very nurturing and mothering and supportive aspects of God are ours for the taking every day of our life. Every day. So where does this leave us? Sometimes not seeing but experiencing the love of God, or sometimes not seeing but experiencing the love of our mothers, not seeing it directly, might pose some challenges. When loss hits, when our lives fall apart, might require us to recalibrate, to dig deep, to search for ultimate truth, to search what is really there. A few years ago, the LA Times ran a story by a features writer named Sandy Banks. And she retells her experiences with Mother's Day about having a mother that she lost at a very young age. It's a really interesting article. And she writes this. These are her words. There's no good way to put a spin on the pain that the early loss of a mother brings. But in 40 years, I've made my peace. Mothering my own daughters always felt like a solo tightrope walk with no net and no cheering from the stands. But I've learned to appreciate my mother's legacy, how she fiercely loved her children, and at the end, how tenderly. So when my now-grown daughters ask what I need for Mother's Day, I tell them what my mother used to tell me. Get along with your sisters. Don't bicker. Don't complain. Don't hurt each other's feelings. Because the day is coming when each other is all that you will have. I need you to know, I need to know, that you'll remember. I need you to know that you'll remember we are still a family and mommy's love lives on. Mom's love lives on forever. Part of the bittersweet aspect of Ascension Day is the disciples no longer see Jesus in bodily form ever again. It was definitely the farewell moment of Luke's gospel, and it deeply affected life in their community. In some ways, we see this in the action of them rushing into the temple and continuously blessing God. In some ways, Jesus' ascension strengthened their community, strengthened the community. And the blessing that he gave them, the power that he transferred to them, was ongoing and continuing, and it never ended, and it was passed along through the generations to us. So as we remember those who gave us life, 
and those who have nurtured us in a mothering way, as we retell and claim the story of Jesus being ascended and placed in the heavens with God, let us not forget Jesus' love continuously blesses us. The church needs you to know so you'll remember. The family of God, the whole church, is still a family. It's time to emerge from our ascension deficit disorder and let Jesus' love live on. The Gospel of Luke doesn't end in tears or a conclusive goodbye, but it ends in blessing, a blessing that doesn't end. Our lives get to be lived in a state of constant transformational blessing. God never says goodbye. God always gives us blessing. Jesus has given and is continuing to give part of his power to us. Part of his power. If that's not a reason to rejoice today, I don't know what is.